Hello and welcome to Sounding Out to the Nations. You're with Evangelist Ronnie Casillas. I'm so happy that you're tuning in today. My heart is that you would receive a, a life-changing word today, a word that will quicken your mind and your heart. I've titled my message, Stir It Up. It's a message on revival. It's on make, having things fresh in your life at all times, of keeping your life and your walk uh, very fruitful and alive and enthusiastic and exciting. And, and so I've titled this, Stir It Up. This is part two of, of my um, uh, study here of stirring, a, stirring it up, stirring up revival in your life. I'm not going to take a long time today, um, but I heard a joke the other day that I thought I wanted to share with you. It just uh, struck me as a very funny thing going on. A uh, farmer noticed the highway department trunk truck rather pulling over on the shoulder of the road and a man got out and dug a hole and then got back into the truck then the other man got out filled up the hole and got back in the trunk in the truck every 50 yards this process was repeated what an amazing thing to see what are you doing the farmer asked him the driver replied well we're on a highway beautification project and the guy who plants the trees is homesick today, but I still get out and dig the hole, and my partner still does his job, and he gets out of the truck, grabs the same dirt I pulled out and made a hole with, and I he fills it up to the top with the same dirt. And uh, I thought that was just so funny, and that's uh, <laughs> uh, it's a funny thing to hear a joke like that, and and I know the gospel is serious, but it's okay to have fun in the church. It's okay to have fun in the ministry. Amen? And so uh, too many people walk around with, with their problems on the written across their forehead, and there's no joy in the, their life. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. And so we want to keep it fresh. We want to stir it up, make a decision today to praise him so God can steal the enemy, so he can shut the mouth of the lions and keep you walking forward, uh, running the race with vision and destiny on your mind. Make a decision to praise him and God will steal the enemy. I have a friend of mine that shared with my wife and I once how her husband was dying in the hospital. His heart was failing him. And the doctors have given him no hope. Uh, at that moment, she just thought in her mind, she said to us, that she was not going to allow this negative report to um, just uh, put out the fire in her faith. And so she made a decision to praise him right there in the doctor in the hospital. She walked out of the room, and in the hallway, she began to praise the God who heals her and her husband. She began to praise the one who sent his word and healed us. She began to praise the one who, by whose stripes uh, she and her husband were healed. And then she began to dance and do a little trot in circles around, uh, around and around in that hallway. And the nurses would walk by and they'd see her. But she made a decision. She was going to lift her hands and pray the to the invisible God that God would heal her husband and you know God quickened his heart 
and God gave him 10 extra years of life, even against the doctor's negative report, a report of death and doom and gloom. And uh, she rose up above that by praising God. And she stirred things up in her life. She stirred things up in her spirit and in her faith. She made a decision uh, that she was not going to allow the world to dictate what her husband's circumstances. And so there are several things you need to walk in revival. Several things. The first thing you need to do is you need to stir it up. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting out of my hands. And so Paul's writings reveal a man who did not struggle much with lack of motivation. I mean, he was excited all the time. He was uh, not lacking motivation. He seemed to be the driven sword who was continually on the move. When he couldn't be there, he burned the midnight oil by writing letters. He was anxious to use every opportunity given to him. Where he ran into opposition, he turned it into an occasion for celebration. Timothy, I think, was a little more like the rest of us. The world could have never handled two Pauls. Timothy was probably a little more laid back ready to settle into an, one place. He seemed not to be energized by huge challenges and difficulties. He would rather stay low, fly under the radar. Timothy had a tendency to coast and back off rather than to set goals and attack. His growth, at least in one area, had stalled. And so Paul writes to him again, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. To ki that word stir up means to kindle up, to inflame one's mind, to strengthen. Uh, it means zeal, to fan the flame, to stir into flame, to keep blazing, continuous action. You see, when I burned a fire at home, when I was living up north in Kansas, uh, the fire sometimes would burn so low it needed new dry wood. And then I have to get up from my comfortable chair to add some bark and branches and blow on it. That's called rekindling. That's the same for us. God has called you to get a job done. So there's got to be some fire in the heart. God has equipped you with gifts to do some amazing things in his kingdom. But they've got to be operational. Your gifts need energizing with the fire of God. And while they are gifts you, you have, uh, they don't belong to you. They belong to the body of Christ and to the world. See, the, the recipients of the benefits of the fire of God burning bright in you is the, the world around us and the church of the living God. It's the body of Christ. These gifts belong to the body of Christ and to the world that's around us. We're to reach out beyond the four walls of the church and operating in the giftings and callings of God. They are given in trust to us. That's why it's critical to get growing and use them. If you don't use your gifts, no one else will. We quote the following verse when we are under attack. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. The truth is that Paul tells Timothy to not fear stirring up the gift. 
So Paul says, stir up the gift, fan the flame. If you doubt the word, the word of God um, will cause faith to rise up. That's why Isaiah 55, 11 says, Show, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. Luke one thirty seven says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Joshua 21.45 says, There fell not aught, of any good thing which the Lord had spoken, all came to pass. The word of God is alive and powerful. Matthew twenty four thirty five says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Those words are written in red. You know what that means. That means that Jesus said it. My words shall not pass away, but my words, my words uh, shall not pass away. God watches over his word to perform it, folks. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you're ill, you need to stir it up. Isaiah 53, 4 is a verse you can use. It says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Exodus 15:26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 23:25 says, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and you shall bless the, thy bread, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sicknesses away from the midst of thee. Psalms 103 says, Who forgives all mine iniquities and heals all my diseases. These are the type of verses you need to use to stir up faith when your body is ill when you're when you're uh, uh, have gotten a hold of an infection or a disease and your body is taking hold of you uh, quote these verses verses stir up the fit your faith stir it up by using the word of God if you're struggling with fear stir it up a bit um, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake me, in Hebrews thirteen six, So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. Isaiah forty one ten. listen to what this says. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will be, uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Then James tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But first, before you resist the devil, you must submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then First John says, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the enemy. In chapter 3, verse 8. 
In Colossians 2.15, he says he has spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. And look at Luke 10.19, says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have power, my, my friend. You have power and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power, not just some of it, but all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing, nothing at all shall by any means hurt you. So stir up the flames. Stir it up a bit today. Second is you have to, if you're going to walk in revival, you have to stretch up. Stretch up. Paul tells Timothy to win souls. We're all called to reach the lost. Not just those that have the gift of evangelism or the calling of the fivefold ministry of evangelism. But we're all called. Not just those that are that went to Bible college. Not just those that have ministered uh, behind the pulpit. But we're all called to reach the lost. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. One thing that aggravates me is when someone says they're not called. Timothy was not called to be an evangelist. How many of you are carpenters by trade? Many of us are not. But we've still used a hammer. How many of us are licensed electricians? Most of us are not. But most of us have changed the light bulb without being an, uh, an electrician. How many are certified mechanics? How many? I ask that in churches that I go to, and most of them are not certified mechanics. Uh, but I bet many of them have gotten under the hood to work on their car at least one time in their life. Well, we're not called, we may not be called to be evangelists, but we're called to do the work of the evangelists. So we're to uh, stir it up, we're to stretch up, if we're going to walk in revival. Um, third of all, third of all, we are to stand up. We're to live up to the standard we are called by. And so, 2 Timothy 1.8 says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord's. In other words, be ready to give an account. Um, when somebody asks you a question, be prepared to share your testimony. Do not be ashamed of it, nor of me his prisoner, Paul says. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and am an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Paul was not ashamed, even though he had reason to be ashamed. He says, For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You see, we're to live up to the standard we are called to live by. 
You see, when you stir up and you stretch up, then you stand up. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of God. You rise up with Paul and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul told Timothy to be bold as a lion. Listen to 2 Timothy 4.2. He says, Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You see, we're living in an era or time of political correctness. Even in the church, we're fearful as preachers to speak up and speak the truth and and rebuke and exhort. He says here to reprove and rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. It is not an easy thing to stand up when everyone else is sitting. But it can be when we have stirred up the gift that he has put inside of each and every one of us. I said it can be when we have stirred up the gift that is in us. And so fourth thing we have to do in order to maintain revival in our spirit and in our walk is to speed up. We're told to hold fast the form of teaching which he, we heard or Timothy heard from Paul. 2 Timothy 1.13 says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Be firm in what you believe because there are some who draw away the unlearned. Then 2 Timothy 3.1, listen to this. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Sounds like today. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captivity captive they lead captive silly women laden with sins laid away with diverse lusts doesn't that sound like the time that we live in here in america second timothy three sixteen says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good things. Be grounded and rooted in the word of God. We are made complete and sound by the word of God, folks. So what do we have to do? We have to stir it up. We have to stir things up in our life. Stir up the giftings and the callings. Stir up the anointing in your life by praying in the Spirit. Stir it up. That's the first thing we need to do to walk in revival. Second, we need to stretch up. We need to stretch up, folks. We need to reach out to the lost. Uh, we need to stretch up to the command of the Lord um, to go into all the world and make disciples. God wants us to do that. God has called us to do, to do that, to win souls and to not be like the um, the the sleepy Christian that is just laying in bed and not wanting to 
reach the lost that are outside the four walls of your church and my church. And so stretch up. Next is stand up. You need to stand up and proclaim the word of God to a lost and dying world around us. And last of all, in the midst of the world that is pressuring the church, we need to speed up. We need to hold fast the doctrine that has been given, the truth that has been given to us, the gospel that has been entrusted to us. Learn to walk in revival, my friend. And God will bless you. God will give you much fruit. God will use you. Let's pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the listener today. I pray that you would stir his heart up, O God, in such a powerful way, O God, that he would just uh, walk in revival all the days of his life and that he he or she would be fruitful in all her ways. And God, that you would cause souls to be saved and lives to be transformed and hearts mended, O God, that ministry would flow from each and every one of us that are listening to this podcast today. God bless you. You've been listening to Sounding Out to the Nations. May the Lord expand the borders of your ministry and cause you to be very fruitful today. In Jesus' name, amen.